Good morning, Life Center family. It's such an honor to be with you here today, and especially on Mother's Day. I just want to say I am so blessed to be part of this spiritual family, to be part of God's family, and to be a mom. I want to wish all the moms out there Happy Mother's Day. So here we are. I want to share with you a word that's been on my heart, and it's about God wanting to prosper us in the midst of loss. The Word of God says in Mark 16, 24 through 27, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man that if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to his works. Church, we're at a crossroads in our nation. Our unemployment now is at over 30 million. People are struggling with fear and anxiety because of great uncertainty of what our future holds. But I believe that our Heavenly Father wants to show us a new operating system through His Son, Jesus, in the midst of crisis. Jesus wants to prosper our souls in the midst of loss. When Jesus spoke, he would say, those who have ears to hear, let him hear the word of the Lord. During the crisis, I heard the Lord saying several things to me personally, and I believe it's for the body. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit want to have full ownership of our souls. Remember, you can't receive the revelation of the kingdom unless we fully surrender. And that's what God is asking us to do right now. Are we willing to surrender every area of our lives? Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. I want to share with you a story. You see, I'm a native New Yorker, as you can tell. And I want to share with you something personal. Before I was a lover of God, I was a lover of money. And yes, even today, there are times when the fear of lack and, un and uncertainty grips my heart, I can, be I can be filled with anxiety. But God wants to perfect in my life, and maybe in yours, that there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. 
because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And that's in 1 John 4.18. And the word of God is truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. So I have an option here. Do I believe what I'm feeling and my truth? Or will I believe the truth? So during my years prior to knowing Christ, I loved working. I started working when I was 15 years old and I just wanted to make money. That was my ambition, like I wanna work. So my first job was McDonald's and at that time making minimum wage of maybe $2.80, I was as happy as can be because I was making money. And so I look back from that time of being 15 years old with my first job and I fast forward and now I'm working at Goldman Sachs. And that was 30 years ago. So now I'm working in an environment that was full of millionaires and business people. And I was in awe of their education. I was in awe of just the whole financial structure and what was happening on a trading floor. And I loved it. And I honestly wished that I had gone to college to study banking and investments and all the things that happen with the economy. And you know that we're living in the epicenter of the financial world here in New York City. So at that time, when um, I was working there, God captured my heart. And he began to change my perspective because now I was no longer looking at through my lenses, but I was now putting on his lenses to make me see what was number one in my heart. So money wasn't the first place. He was now becoming the first place. And there was this conflict that was happening inside of me because my ambition was I'll do whatever it takes to make more money. So working overtime, just, just doing whatever I could, um, being, being available to just increase my paycheck. And so I, I felt like I was always pushing myself to do more and more when maybe God wanted something else for my life. And I had my experience and it became very evident to the people that I was working with. And so my boss actually even said to me one day, he says, Juliana, I want you to come into the office and I wanna speak to you. And I said, sure. And he says, promise me one thing. He says, you know, people like yourself, when you have this encounter with God, let's say, he says they want to give all their money away. But promise me you won't do that. And at that very moment, I was like taken back. And honestly, I just started tithing. So I was like, okay, yeah, no, I, I won't do that. Um, but thank you for your advice. And at that, when I left his office, and I, I think about that moment now, fast forward 30 years ago to 30 years now, that was a moment 
when two kingdoms collided, the kingdoms of this world and the kingdoms of our God. And I had to make a decision. Whose way was I going to follow? Was it my way or his way? Matthew 6, 22 through 25 and verses 32 through 34, I want to read that to you, okay? It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But in your vision, but if your vision is poor, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? For the Gentiles strive after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. You see, my trusting in money instead of God was masking all the worries that were inside of me. Was I going to have enough? Or maybe I didn't have enough, so I kept striving. Also, when I started working in this environment, I was seeing what others had. And honestly, I didn't come from a very affluent family, financially um, wealthy family. And so name brands and all those things, I was totally unaware of labels, let's say. Unlike today, I think a lot of us are caught up in labels and God's not after that. He really wants us to be authentic and true. And I feel like even during this quarantine that unfortunately I know so many businesses are affected and so many of the businesses today that are creative and have such a gift for fashion and things like that, they believe in quality and I honor that and I respect it. But for some people chasing after that and not knowing who they really are, we could be missing something. So I bless all those companies that are going through hardship right now and I hope and pray that our next leg, when we come out of this, that it'll be better for you. Um, but that being a side note, I just want to share with you that even on our money, it says the words, in God we trust. Isn't that crazy? On our dollar bills, it says, in God we trust. I want to ask you, are you trusting in him? Or are you just looking at the size of your bank account right now? 
or the fact that you may not have money. I want to encourage you today that when we are lacking, God wants to show up. I want to really let you know that. You see, it's in our weakness that he is made strong. So during this time of quarantining, I've been allowed the opportunity to have a lot of soul-searching moments with God in the privacy of my own home. I like that. I like that because he only wants me to grow in confidence in him. I could be fearful in my home, and yet I can hear his still small voice say, be still and know that I am God. And something that he highlighted to me was about his house shall be a house of prayer. And right now that we're not gathering together in the church, I really feel our homes are that place of prayer. I know that's what he wanted all along. And I guess that's why he wants the church to gather right now from home to home. And this is a good thing. And so during this time of quarantining, and many of us are dealing with unemployment and uncertainty of what our future is going to hold, I want to speak to all the business men and women out there. You know, when we started this work, it was, like Bill said last week, it was to redig the wells of the businessmen's revival. Well, here we are. In 2020, we are dealing with the biggest crisis ever. But let's go back to when Jesus walked the streets and he was encountering businessmen and women. He wanted to sit with them. He wanted to eat with them. He wanted to visit their homes. He wanted to meet their families. He wanted to be involved in their everyday life. And I believe right now in 2020 that God wants to invade the businesses. He wants to have place with the CEOs. He wants to have place with the janitors. He wants to be involved in business because that's what he's about. You see, the kingdoms of our God will take over the kingdoms of this world. He wants to be engaging and he wants to use businessmen and women that are trusting in him not trusting in what they can get but trusting in him so this is the place that god has been speaking to my life he's saying juliana it's not what you own but it's who you belong to he wants an assurance in my life that when things are shaking all around me, that I am on a sure foundation. He wants me to have faith like a child so that like a child trusts its parents to provide, to feed, to nurture, to encourage, to comfort. He wants to do the same for us as adults. He doesn't want us to lose our childlikeness and trusting in him. I want to read to you 
Matthew 19 through 13 through 24. And it goes like this. Then the little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. And the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And after he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. Just then, there was a man who came up to Jesus and inquired, Teacher, what good thing must I do to obtain eternal life? And this was a rich young man that came to Jesus at that moment. He says, Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked, and Jesus answered, Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, and do not bear false witness, but honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All of these I have kept, said the young man. What do I still lack? Jesus told him, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away in sorrow because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? You see, there is a kingdom realm that God wants us to enter into right here on earth that is not seen with the visible eye. It's invisible because it's the heart of the matter that God is coming after. He wants you to become like a child by being totally dependent upon him. And that does not mean a spirit of laziness or entitlement. Because our lives before God is such a process, it will deal with our motives in every situation. But it was sorrow that the rich young man's heart was struggling with. And that's what Jesus was going after. It was the sorrow that he felt because of his attachment in letting go of what he had maybe excess of. And it was a moment that he missed the opportunity of God being the one who fully couldn't possess him. That is what God wants to do right now. He wants to fully possess our souls. He doesn't want possessions to possess us. He wants himself to be the one. You see, the word of God needs to become alive in us. 
We just can't read the word. It needs to be applicable to our life in everyday living. And I really feel this time of quarantine is allowing my life to be able to do that. And I hope it's happening in your life as well. I need God's word. When Jesus walked the earth, he says, I am the word made manifest. And I really feel that Jesus wants to manifest the word of God so personally to each one of us. He wants to meet us in the most difficult of situations. He wants his word to become alive in each one of our hearts so that the spirit of fear could be taken away and that the spirit of hope and peace and joy and his righteousness will fill our hearts in the midst of crisis. I want to read to you a scripture and it's in 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. And it says this, instruct those who are rich in this present age, not to be conceited and not to put their hope in uncertainty of wealth. But in God, who richly provides all things for us, instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, and to be generous and ready to share, treasuring up for themselves a firm foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. What good news. That's good news. I'm so grateful to God that he's looking out for our future. He's giving us instruction. And I know you, for those of you that are part of Life Center Church, you hear people call me the prophet. And I say this very humbly. It starts with me first. God, when he entered my life, he began to correct me. He began to give me instruction and he corrects gently. He's not going to force himself on my life. And I know he's not going to force himself on your life, but he's going to give you the ability to make a decision to choose. Either you choose to walk with him or you choose to do it your way. I would encourage you to walk with him. I know for me, all these years, I have seen his faithfulness. I have learned how to be content in good times and in bad. And yes, I'm not perfect. Sometimes when I'm going through those bad seasons and financial security is far away from me in the thought processes that I'm thinking about, he reminds me of his faithfulness before and how he came through. So I'm going to share another little story. When Sal and I were um, first married, we had this goal that before we had children, we wanted to have $100,000 in the bank. Did you hear me? $100,000 in the bank. And that's going back like 28 years ago. For me, that was a lot of money. 
but we wanted to work really hard and have our security in our finances instead of our security in God. Well, during that time, you see, he became real. And now he was confronting what we were once worshiping, money. He says, now I'm the Lord of your life. So this is what I want to ask you. Are you willing to lay that down and maybe start to have a family? So Sal and I would have these conversations. Honey, we don't have the 100000 in the bank. Do you think after four years, maybe we can start to have children? And he's like, I think so. Okay, so here we start. And I finally become pregnant. Well, anxiety started to hit our hearts. And it hit my husband's heart. And one night, as Sal was pondering, God, I don't know, like, if my wife has this baby and she leaves her job because she wants to be a full-time mom and stay home, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I don't know if I could do it on one salary. All the things of what a husband and wife would discuss when you're making a big decision. Well, the Lord spoke to Sal, and he said, Sal, I would not give life if I could not provide for it. You see, our Heavenly Father cares about the very things that could be gripping your heart today. Some of us don't know where the finances are going to come in from, but I'm trusting and I'm believing that I've seen His faithfulness and He's going to be faithful for you in this season of life. He's going to cause streams of living water to flow from a rock. I want to believe that for your life. I want to believe that in this season of hardship, that generosity is going to be flowing into the city like never before. I want to believe that when you're walking through the streets, and you may see someone struggling or you're in, in the supermarket, you may want to release a spirit of generosity to someone even in the hour of your greatest need. Don't allow the fear of lack to rob you from operating in a spirit of generosity to allow God to flow through you because you'll never know who you might be blessing. You know, the word of God says, one of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, God who will provide. When our daughter was finally born, he confirmed that to us in those nine months of me being pregnant and being uncertain whether or not to stay home. He made it, we made a final decision that I was going to. Well, the day that we gave birth to our daughter, I was reading our daily bread and I have a picture of it. So we're gonna put that up, but it said Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. And it was that very moment when 
my first daughter was born, that I was beginning to walk a spiritual journey with Jesus, with him being the Lord of my life concerning finances. Because now it was no longer that I can trust in my job, but I had to trust in him. I had to put my hope in him and also pray that he would bless my husband as being a provider and a husband and a father for our household. So again, this is how personal and intimate God wants to be with coming into our lives when we're in the midst of uncertainty or we, we really don't know how we're going to make it. Again, he wants to bless us and he wants to fill us with a trust that can go really deep so that our root system will be able to sustain when storms and winds come, okay? And lastly, I wanna close with um, this last thought of God wants to fill us in this hour with wisdom and understanding. And the word of God says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I want to encourage all of us, first of all, as believers, and I want to encourage businesses all over the world to honor God in whatever transactions and whatever he has entrusted you with. I really believe that he wants to give us wisdom and understanding how to move forward in this hour. So if you can just surrender your ways of doing things and just quietly ask him to come in and show you, I believe he will show up. He knows your heart. And being a prophet or having a prophetic gifting in your life, it's one of encouragement and it's also one of correction. We shouldn't despise correction. Sometimes we just want to hear, you're doing great. We just want encouragement. That's all we want is encouragement. And when correction comes in our lives, sometimes we push back a little bit. We don't want people telling us how to do business. We don't want people getting in our face saying, I really don't think you should be doing it this way. We don't like that. I want to encourage you that our Heavenly Father loves each one of us. And I want to close with this. I want to close with the Our Father because that's who He is. He's our Father who is in heaven. Hallowed be His name. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses. Forgive us of those who have even trespassed 
against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I hope today that this word goes deep within your souls. I hope today that you will prosper from the inside out. I hope today that you will be filled with faith for tomorrow because now you have made him Lord of your life. If you need prayer, I want you to call the number that's on the screen we want to believe with you, our brothers and our sisters who are full of faith, even those that have gone through difficulty, are trusting in God to show up for your life. They want to believe with you for the breakthrough. They want to believe with you that you will have a hope and a future.